I'm, I'm an active member of the church and I believe in and love, you know, um, all the, pretty much all the, you know, the foundations of the church and everything, but like, you know, in a very non-threatening way, I want to, I want to, you know, for those who are interested, introduce them to some of the more nuanced stuff. And then at the same time, I want to help people who have left the church. I, w- I want to help them, you know, um, still like preserve a, a connection there, like regardless of what they choose, you know, because I think that's important too. So it's kind of right. trying to go to both ends of the spectrum and, and put a, put a connection on, on both of them and keep them, you know, it's not, not an easy thing to do, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to do two things at once. Here we are, uh, another episode of this lovely podcast. Um, I have a guest today, Tony Fieldson. So I came across Tony's YouTube channel, and um, on his YouTube channel, he's like, come join us at the Restoration Table Facebook group. And it was then I actually created a Facebook account. I didn't even have a Facebook account. Mm. (laughs) And I interacted there for a while. but before I say much more, I'll let you explain what your YouTube channel is, like goals that you have and yeah, yeah, how it all started. Sounds good. Well, um, so I, I converted to uh, the church when I was 23 and um, have just, uh, you know, served a mission and uh, got married, have a couple kids. And I've just continued to, you know, uh, I guess I kind of have an, uh, an obsessive, addictive personality, you know, with different. Uh, passions that I'm really into. And some of them are more like, you know, passing fads. Some of them last for longer. So, um, but learning about religion and spirituality and all those things, ever since I kind of had my first experience with it when I converted, um, that has been an interest that has continued to stay with me. So I guess you can say I'm I'm, uh, an eternal investigator. I've never stopped investigating, you know, all aspects of, you know, my church and just other churches and religions. So, I have, um, you know, found a lot of very helpful and what I consider fascinating resources um, about these topics. And so, you know, I've spent tens of thousands of hours in the last, you know, 12, 13 years, uh, you know, studying um, and taking pretty good notes too. You know, I'll stop when I'm listening to an audiobook, for example, or reading a book, I'll stop, open up another app and take some notes about the highlights, you know, so I have. And then after, you know, multiple years of doing that, I'll have. I've have dozens of documents that are anywhere from one page to like, you know, 60 pages long of the highlights of what I've learned about those rabbit holes I've gone down. So, um, and I figured, you know, some people might be interested in learning about uh, some of the cliff notes, right? Um, Because not everybody has time to take deep dives. And so I I wanted to provide an atmosphere where I could share some of the highlights of of what I've learned about. And then I'm also just very interested in, in having dialogue um, you know, open dialogue about, you know, different people's opinions about these different, these things. And I know, you know, most people in the world, uh, don't have necessarily the relationship or communication skills to talk about their, their differences, you know, surrounding some of these heated topics in a very peaceful way. And I feel like I have some skills in the area of being a peacemaker. My dad's a marriage and family therapist. So I've learned some, some good principles, I think about how to, you know, navigate those things. So I wanted to, I wanted to make a YouTube channel um, and the YouTube channel started about almost two years ago now. Um, and I was putting out like one video every month or two for a while. 
Um, and then um, I, I had a little bit more time to produce videos more often because I'm a teacher and during COVID, you know, I was teaching online and I wasn't as busy. But once I got back to teaching full time in person, um, I, you know, I haven't had as much time to release as many YouTube videos lately, even though I have many on the docket that I, I want to get back out there. Um, I also have a new passion, pickleball, which I'm super into, so that's taking some time. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then the Facebook group was just supposed to be, you know, um, the Facebook group ended up actually being something I spent a lot more time on than, than putting out YouTube videos. And um, we had a pretty big admin team going there. I tried to recruit an admin team, you know, um, that represented a, a wide spectrum. And anyway, I, I can, I've already uh, said enough now, but um, the Facebook group um, was a really, really cool experience and I, I've learned a lot from it. So um, that's a little bit of an introduction and I went too far, I know, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So you said that, um, you said that the restoration table uh, is that still, yeah, I, I haven't been super active on there anymore, uh, which is not a bad thing, right? Nope, not at all. <laughs> but, Neither but, have I. <laughs> yeah. So, um, is the admin team still active at all or no? Not really. I, no, we, I mean, we all got together a few times and oh, yeah. we tried yeah. to like, um, either resolve things or just how to yeah. promote different kinds of conversations and stuff, but totally. I mean, it kind of fizzled out a little bit. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it kind of got the, the, yeah, there, I don't think there were very, very many Facebook groups out there quite like that at the time. I think most Facebook groups tend to be kind of just echo chambers and um, there weren't very many Facebook groups out there like that, that I, that I knew about at the time. And so I think a lot of people liked it, um, you know, but uh, yeah, the, the admin team was very active there for a while, but I think quickly most people figured out that, pretty darn near impossible to make these, you know, uh, conversations work when you have people that just have such big disagreements and, you know, um, the conversations we're having are text only. And so, you know, people don't know each other. They're not having face to face interactions. They can't hear each other. So it's just very easy to miss each other and not, not understand and very easy to just, um, you know, downgrade to, uh, pretty, uh, intense, intense, uh, interactions. So, um, later on, I was really happy that, uh, David also offered, you know, um, through the, uh, three practices group that he was, pre uh, training with, um, he, you know, did some conversations in our group where he, he hosted some zoom meetings. Um, and that way people were able to, you know, talk face to face and, and the conversations, you know, the, the quality of bridge building was, was, was much better when, when we started doing that. So maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do that again. Cause uh, we, we, we hosted about five conversations, uh, zoom conversations in our group and it was way, way better, um, you know, than, uh, yeah, than trying agree. to do that text only. So I think a lot of people kind of just gave up on the whole like Facebook group, you know, text only bridge building efforts. Um, and so um, it was an experiment. I think it's almost impossible to do Maybe not completely impossible. You'd have to do a lot more like screening and vetting and preparing people and making sure they kind of like get to know each other beforehand. I don't know. So anyway, I just think Zoom, you know, besides meeting in person, Zoom, Zoom is it's, the way to it's go. It's a lot better. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder that too. I've been, I've been playing with three practices a lot and I have a really hard time getting people to actually come into the, like to actually click the link and actually show up. Right. It's amazing how much easy it is to just leave a, a comment real quick. Right. But right. Uh, it's interesting. It wasn't hard for me to go to the first one. So I just, I don't understand what makes it hard for people. Why do you think it's hard? Um, 
Like you mean getting enough people to show up to the meeting? Just getting anybody to come. Like yeah. I, a lot of eyeballs will see the my invite. And right. I think they're available because they're on Facebook, right? So well, why are they not willing to actually join a Zoom call? I mean can't figure it out. They obviously don't have the they don't have enough desire for whatever reason. I don't yeah. know why, you know. Very shy um, too. Yeah, who knows? Um I'm Thanks. not sure, man. Yeah, Crazy world we're living in right now, man. Things are so <laughs> complex. So you, the thing that motivated you to start, start it all then was just your curiosity and just hope to have harder conversations. But you said you did. There were topics that you wanted to. Yeah. So, so what, what were know. the what's the content you have put on, yeah. on your YouTube channel so far, and what's like some of the stuff you want to do? Yeah, good question. Um, so. While you're talking, I only about have that, a couple. I mean, I only have a couple of videos. I mean. Yeah, one of the videos I have is uh, 10 principles for, for um, you know, more closely arriving to discovering truth in your life. Um, another one is, I think this is probably my most important video. I called it, um, you know, it's called uh, Responding to Your Loved One's Faith Transition, 10 Keys. So it's just, you know, summarizing the book, you know, Bridges and other other books and you know, trying to give uh, members of the church some tools to to uh, know how to respond to their loved ones who have questions or who are on the on the edge of leaving. That way, they can preserve their relationship and even strengthen it, even in the midst of some of these new, um, what can be really, really tender and tough, you know, differences that they're finding out that they have now with their, you know, testimonies of the truth claims of the church. So, um, yeah, I did a general conference summary one time where, um, you know, I. You know, because kind of like you, I try to, I, I kind of want to be in the middle. Um, and, and I want, I mean, I, I'm an active member of the church and I believe in many of the, many of, you know, the core aspects of the church. Um, I used to have more of a black and white view of things though now. And now that I've, you know, dug a lot deeper, I see a lot more nuance. I see a lot more, not just imperfections, but things that I feel like are just, you know, wrong and hurtful and, I don't know all the answers to everything, but um, I remain a member of the church um, and really love many aspects of it for my own reasons. But um, anyway, those are some of the videos. But the, the general conference review that I did was um, what I did was I just kind of summarized the the main highlights from conference, you know, so just informational. But then also what I did was I took a few minutes to share and summarize um, what I know, you know, from looking online, especially um, many, many different aspects of the conference messages that were triggering to some people that, you know, were hurtful to people or that people disagreed with, um, right. whether they have left the church or there's kind of on the margins. I'm trying, what, one of the things I'm trying to do is um, I'm trying to help like Orthodox active members of the church. I'm trying to help open them up a little bit to just understand a little bit better if they're interested to understand, understand a little bit better um, why some of their family members or friends struggle or um, maybe struggle is not the right word, but just ha have doubts and they, they don't have to agree with their conclusions, but, um, and, and I want to be like a safe space to do that. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to be a safe space. I want to reassure them, you know, that I, I'm, I'm an active member of the church and I believe in and love, you know, um, all the, pretty much all the, you know, the foundations of the church and everything, but like, you know, in a very non-threatening way, I want to, I want to, you know, for those who are interested, introduce them to some of the, 
more nuanced stuff. And then at the same time, I want to help people who have left the church. I, w- I want to help them, you know, um, still like preserve a, a connection there, like regardless of what they choose, you know, because I think that's important too. So it's kind of right. trying to go to both ends of the spectrum and, and put a, put a connection on, on both of them and keep them, you know, it's not, not an easy thing to do, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to do two things at once. So. Yeah. No, I think that's how I, that's how I found, uh, I think your YouTube, it was that conference one. I'm pretty sure that I saw. And then I okay. saw one of the things about your goals. And it's interesting because I, I have wondered if, um, I, I feel like when I found the restoration table and I found active members of the church that were willing to talk about stuff yeah. that felt, um, I, that resolved something for me. Like it made it so I could kind of move past. I don't know yeah. why. Um, that's one of the things I, I was hoping for. Yeah. Like there's, there's something about when someone, I don't know. I don't, I don't know quite how to describe it. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I felt no, like I that you. resolved. I felt like that resolved something for me just to interact, interact with faithful members, honestly. And then, and then to gain a relationship again with people yeah. that I admired that to be able to like have that conversation. And then even though at the end of the day, I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the active members on the restoration table, Facebook group, right. I still had a lot of respect for them. And um, I guess that's just healing to, to like someone even though you disagree. Like, I think that yeah. is kind of, it, I don't know. I think that resolves something for me. And then I, I want to share that with other people too. And to help others, like, cause I, like when you're, when you've left it, you still have some of those same tendencies to have black and white thinking, I think. Yep. Oh yeah. And so it's really hard cause you, you have to be in, you just, you just can't be in black and white thinking if you, because you're going to end up thinking the other side's evil and exactly. it's really hard to have a relationship if you think the other person is evil. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know so. if you've seen the movie, um, Smallfoot, but the whole idea behind that is the, um, the, you know, the, the, the race of, you know, Bigfoot, whatever those big creatures were, uh-huh. you know, they, they thought the humans were monsters because the humans were the ones that like had guns, whatever. Right. And then the humans thought that those Bigfoot, you know, were monsters, whatever, but all it took was, one human and one monster to become friends and for them to realize, Oh wow, no, you're not monsters. You're awesome. And then they both went back to their people and helped their people realize, Oh no, they're all, we can get along. And they all came together at the end type thing. Right. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of that going on. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. So that's your other question. If you want real quick, um, other videos I plan on coming out with, um, I, uh, I kind of, so I, you know, like I mentioned, I, I kind of saw things in more of a black and white way at the beginning when I first converted. For example, like, you know, I remember having lunch with my parents a couple of months after I got baptized and, and my dad um, especially was just really, really bothered by the idea that, you know, um, we claim that the prophets are basically always led by God and don't make mistakes, whatever, right? Um, or don't get big things wrong. But he asked me about the blacks and the priesthood. Sorry, I'm just charging my phone. He's like, Tony, you know, is it? I know you believe in the church, but he's like, you know, is it, is it even possible? Are you willing to admit the possibility that maybe, for example, like the blacks and the priesthood thing, they, they got wrong, right? But they're still nevertheless prophets. But like back in those days, immediately, I was just like knee-jerk reaction. No, you know, no way. It's not even possible. But now I'm open to the possibility, you know, of, of uh, 
and the high the high probability right of, of some of those things so anyway um what really caught so when i first joined the church to be honest like i didn't really fully look into all the criticisms um when i first joined the church i was just loving my experience so much the things i was learning the spirit i felt associations i made that like if i looked up something online and you know a critical website came up like i didn't want to go there back in those days but i think one of the things that really opened me up was just listening to podcasts and then seeing bill real branch out from fair mormon to starting out his own podcast you know i started learning some nuanced stuff from him and then um my friend one of my good friends uh who um was one of my main you know good friends when i joined the church um, his wife started to um, have a lot of issues with the church, and, and, and she basically left. And so he was kind of trying to figure out, okay, do I still go? Do I bring my kids? Whatever. He was having a tough time, so um, I kind of wanted to be there for. I wanted to be there for him, um, and he was trying to figure out his testimony, you know, on his own too. So we decided to kind of go down this journey together and really try to fully look into what the critics say are like their best arguments for all the issues, right? So what we did is we t- took like kind of like the top fifteen or twenty topics um, that people have conversations around in church history and modern the modern church and within each of those topics we try to kind of just summarize like for the believers like what are the top five or ten reasons you know why they believe this topic is true and then what are the top reasons why critics believe it's not true type thing so we kind of made this chart where we kind of summarize it all so i think just kind of as like a primer i kind of want to make little short videos like that where i cover a topic and then just give people an introduction to some of the talking points of, you know, why people believe, why people don't believe, you know, um, yeah, just give people like a, a survey overview, right, of, of some of the different perspectives on, on that topic and kind of let them click on links to, to dig deeper. I want to do a lot of videos uh, about that, for example. It's one, one area, so. Cool. Like you just naturally go toward wanting to build bridges. You don't, you yeah. don't necessarily have anything that put you on that path. You just have always kind of been like that. Is that, I think that's just kind of how I am. And then also yeah. being tutored by my dad, who I feel like is just, just so good at, at having, being completely open about, you know, really, really tough issues. And he's just like, just really great at, at like, you know, um, honoring and validating people and, and, um, just the way he, he speaks, he's just like really good at helping people, you know, see see their common ground and then he is really good at like helping people you know um learn how to you know resolve differences or or you know celebrate each other's differences or find compromise whatever just all that, all that kind of stuff you know um which i think uh you know those things are not taught in most families or in most schools right a large right. majority of people don't have what are considered those like communication relationship one-on-one skills i'm not saying i'm an expert but um it's an important skill that could could help a lot of uh, you know um, families and and nations, right? Yeah. Um, to to br- like bring down and marriages to bring down some of those wedges that, in my opinion, way too easily get built up and, sure. and, and don't need to be that way. So. Okay, so like, what would be your top? I don't know, three tips then, uh, or or things that we could work. And they're kind of skills too. It's not just something you learn. You kind of have to right. work on it and practice, right? I was thinking one is to be a good listener. Yeah. But that's one that I can think of. I think another one is just like humility and maturity as far as not thinking, le- learning to th- learning to realize that, uh, you know, even though you think whatever, you know, ideas or groups you subscribe to, you, you might think they're the best, you know, um, understand <laughs> that there are uh, a lot of other uh, cultures and groups and, and philosophies out there 
um, that have a lot of legitimacy to them and maybe even plausibly, you know, theoretically just as much legitimacy as yours. And so like, yeah, I, cause then I think by doing that, you're going to be more likely to, um, be able to appreciate diversity, not be afraid of it, you know, not make caricatures of it, but really respect it and, and, and just witness it and just be present and, and, and acknowledge, oh yeah, like, this is really cool. Like, I mean, before when I used to think kind of in more of a black and white way, um, a lot of my mom's family is Catholic. So, you know, like when I joined the church, you know, I kind of fell into a lot of the similar thing, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this Catholic church, you know, these, these, uh, you know, the, the Catholic mass is just so, you know, it's just so robotic and so boring and so, you know, um, whatever. Anyway, I, I've gotten to a point now where like they call it holy envy, whatever, you know, just being able to really um, appreciate and, and celebrate, not just tolerate, but like celebrate some of the, the unique aspects of other people's lives. Right. Like mm -hmm. whatever you want to call that. I think that's an important principle too. So <laughs> cool. Yeah. There are some ideas that like seem to contradict each other, like mm -hmm. at a fundamental level. And right. so how do those ideas get along? They don't have to get along. I mean, what do you mean by get along? I guess. How do you get along with someone? Like you were saying, we're talking about trying to like have either conversations or I don't know how to, the best ways to build bridges, like the tips of bridge building. Right. Yeah. And so like when you're having a conversation with someone that like, there's a fundamental disagreement. Yeah. Like, do you have to, do you think that you have to let go of your certainty in order to get along with people? No, no. I guess like when I was saying convictions, it's something I've wondered about, like, it yeah, seems like yeah. what people really struggle with, when they're talking to someone that fundamentally disagrees with them, yeah. they feel like they have to give up some of right. their certainty, but their certainty is what drives them. Right. And so it's like, do you have right. to give up your certainty in order to what? To get along, to get along with someone that fundamentally disagrees with you. I guess you have to define what getting along looks like, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, like, you know, I think it's important, like I was mentioning to find things that you, you know, respect and, and cherish and, and, and celebrate about others, but that doesn't mean you're going to celebrate and respect, you know, everything about other people. I'm sure you can find at least some things, but there's going to be some things that you fundamentally disagree about, but you can just at that point, like agree to disagree, right? On those things. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to understand why people believe the way they do, you know, for example, let's say abortion or LGBTQ rights, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you might fundamentally disagree with them, but at least like if somebody was to ask you, why they believe that way you could give some answers you know like you can list off a couple of reasons why you know people believe it but you might disagree with those reasons but you know at the end of the day you can still like have lunch together and you can right. still as long as like they're not hurting you in some way which you have to define that too for everybody's different like if, if they're if it's hurtful right mm -hmm. like they're 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 opposing idea i don't know if that partially kind of answers what you're asking, talking about but I think that myself and a lot of other people appreciate the Facebook group because they were able to, they were able to, you know, uh, get a good sample of, of why different people believe different things and why, why people think certain ideas are harmful. And I know there was multiple people who kind of changed their mind and heart about certain issues after, you know, hearing some more information. But um, to me, it's like, Hey, you know, whatever's true, I want to learn about it. So, you know, it was a little bit hurtful at the beginning when I first started hearing some of, you know, Bill Rill's, deconstructions, but it was done in a respectful way where he was still, he was still trying to lead with faith where, um, you know, some of the 
nuances he unpacked, talking about some of the, you know, messiness and imperfections and things in the church. Um, it was actually like super exhilarating. Like I was like, wow, you know, this is just, this is great. Like I want to know the truth and it's great to learn more of these complexities. And um, I think I've just continued to be open uh, ever since then to, to, to not being afraid, not being afraid at all. Right. If we have the, tr if we have the truth, it can't be harmed by investigation as Jay Ruben Clark said or whoever. Right. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Just understanding how like ideas are, like it's almost sometimes feels like I don't have ideas, but ideas have me, right? Like I can't. Mm. And so can there be bad ideas that can capture you? Give me an example. I'm sorry. I'm like a very visual example type person. Like that will be captured by an idea that's not true. Uh, like you, you, mean, you basically said, we don't have anything to worry about. We'll just hear the information, right? I, I mean, and then, and then we'll learn yeah. the truth. I think that we, as long as people are mature enough to know that they need to like, check their sources and right. not believe everything they 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 like hear the first time if they've developed a mature sense of of discernment and you know um what does that look then, like yeah i mean people i mean just whatever whether it's from the news or whether it's something their friend says whatever i mean an idea might seem compelling but you know I guess you're supposed to learn this in like history class or English class or from your parents, whatever, but you're not supposed to just believe something just because you hear it from, you know, just because it's popular, just because it, you know, it might feel right or stir your emotions or it might, you know, uh, you know, be said by somebody that seems very credible or it might be, you know, um, conveyed in a very persuasive way. You know, none of those things matter. Like none of those things automatically mean to be true. I, I, I think most people that are, you know, smart and like, you know, educated enough, like would have, would be smart about that, would have a filter and, and, and like not just fall, you know, hmm. I don't know some people do. Yeah. But you have to, you have to constantly, you have to constantly be like checking yourself though. Cause I think you're, you're right. You know, I think that people may, might be able to, um, I know I, I've had this app before too. Yeah. Where I just, I, I, I'm, I'm persuaded by something and I start sharing it with people as if it's like fact. And then a lot of times my wife like, wait, but how do you know for sure? Like, have you checked your source? You know, right. like that. So, yeah. Well, what yeah, do you think? I don't know. That it, it seems clear to me that um, there are things out there that can be convincing that are not mm -hmm. true. Right. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, and also one thing I am pretty sure about, is that if I want to something to be true in a certain way, mm -hmm. I will find more information naturally that reinforces that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty and normal, so, a normal human thing too. Right. Yeah. And so it, it makes me very skeptical about the ideas I already hold because of that. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you so, need to reevaluate, yeah, like everything, right? Once you enter into that world and learn how to think that way, you got to like reevaluate everything, right? Right. Okay, so like growing up in the church, I felt like I was taught, whether I was really taught this or not, is, you know, some members will say this isn't a real teaching. This is just a culture thing, right? Yeah. But I felt like I was taught to not, you know, learn about the criticisms of the church. And and, and it seems mm -hmm. obvious that it's like, oh, because they don't have good answers for so many of these things, right? When I first went away from church sources, basically, yeah. to look right. at information, I remember saying this to my husband and I said, 
Like, there's nothing to worry about. Like, we can go look at anything. Um, well, the truth will prevail or something. Some kind of some sentiment, kind of like you were expressing. Right, right. Yeah. And, and that's not totally true. Like, there are still one-sided things. Like, it's not that... It's that I, I felt like I should be able to know the criticism and then I can, hmm, I don't know. You're, you're basically yeah. saying, you know, like, so when you started actually opening up to checking out other church sources, you know, I have this, I have this, I talked to fear yeah. that I, and then I, which I don't agree with. Like, I think you should, right. yeah. you should be aware of the criticisms. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying you should yeah. not be, but I'm just saying that just because you're willing to look at criticisms doesn't mean you can't be like bamboozled as well. Kind of the conclusion I've come to, because I don't think that we individually are very good at discerning truth. Maybe that's a good way to describe what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. As individuals, I don't think that we're very good at discerning truth. I do think I have a little bit more faith in, in the groups of people assuming they can have dialogues across differences. Right. Yeah. No, but when totally. you're, they're not, when they're not having those conversations, it almost seems like these two separate realities start happening. That's what yeah. I feel like is happening with politics and with the ex Mormon Mormon space. Like they don't actually talk to each other. They just talk about their strongest ideas and ignore exactly. their strongest ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to do is yeah. Like I don't want to do either of those things. I want to do both. I want to summarize both and i think both sides need to know about the other side and that's one of the reasons I, I kind of like you know crowdsourcing as they call it instead of just having to go out there by myself and research what all the different possible angles are and opinions are about things you know invite people into the group that already have that variety and, and they can just summarize like what what their view is and you can quickly kind of see what all the different perspectives are you know yeah. because in, instead of having to do it all the research by yourself which i think important to do that too but yeah sure yeah i i agree with you I, I believe i understand what you're saying and i totally agree with it i think that's why we we uh felt some you know connection in that middle space that seems pretty rare but it's sure. ho hopefully expanding as building bridges go i mean uh, another just side note is uh you know there's a lot of things that bring people together right sports food and um, music whatever right well, um, I'm very passionate about pickleball, as I told you. That's a whole side note, but it's a uh, one of the one of the one of the only sports that you know pretty much anybody can pick up and like feel pretty confident at. Right. And, um, I've seen so many people. It just brings people together. So it's fast growing sport right now in the country. Probably soon will be in the world. And like it's just it is uh, it really gives people what they need. It's a great social thing. It's a great workout. It's super fun. And it brings people together from all different backgrounds. And um, like, I just think, yeah, just more things like that, that, that break down walls, right? You yeah. know, let's not just like, uh, I'm kind of over, I'm over just beating a dead horse. And I mean, yeah, I want to understand people, you know, and I, um, where they're coming from, but I'm just, I'm just kind of over the whole, just arguing back and forth, you know, just yeah. about different things like, hey, life is short, let's come together and let's enjoy a shared activity and, you know, those kind of things I think are, are, uh, live your life. Are Go awesome. live your Those life. are super fun, you know, but the, the whole, you know, um, 
issues are still there. I mean, religious, social, political issues, those are very real and important. So yeah, people, people definitely need to learn how to, how to um, have better bridge building skills for sure. Um, that, that, that's not going to go away. Sure. All right. Last word. Is there anything else you want to say? Maybe start a church of pickleball. Is that what you're I saying? know, right? I know the church of pickleball. Seriously, um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just. Uh, I mean, one idea I had is, is uh, what if, what if every, what if every community, every city in the world, you know, adopted kind of what the church does as far as like the fast offering or whatever. Like, I feel like fasting is such a powerful principle. There's, there's. A lot of principles I've, I've nerded out on and learned a lot from. Some of those included the Book of Mormon, uh, uh, fasting, you know, mindfulness and meditation and lots of other stuff. But yeah, fasting is a powerful principle. What if everybody in the community just, you know, skipped one meal per month? I mean, that's like nothing. And then just donated a few dollars. Like, I, I just think there's so many humanitarian issues right now. And um, I know that money's not going to solve everything. A lot of times it has to do with how the the... the the leaders of that country are going to distribute what they're given, whatever. But I just think that would be a really neat, a really neat thing is uh, I'm all about like community gatherings in person, you know, ideally and having, having cel celebrations of, uh, of, of, you know, the different, the diversity that exists within a, a community. And then it's such a simple principle, just one meal a month and have some way to, you know, organize it. And I think um, we could just triple quadruple the amount of, the amount of good um, that we could do with uh, with teaching you know, humanitarian aid and also teaching people how to fish, if you know what I mean, as far as like not just 100% handouts, but that's something you know that I, that is an idea that's been coming back to me that I want to. Anyway, if you know of anybody who wants to collaborate on something like that, I want to try to get something like that going in my area. Uh, I don't know why that came up as my last word, but I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for taking your time. This was uh, a fun conversation. So, oh, yeah, totally. We could go on, yeah. on uh, a lot of different things. So I, I well, appreciate you uh, reaching out. This has been awesome. Yeah. And, you know, Tony brought this up before we started recording that it was probably um, the restoration table that is the reason why I why I'm doing this. Yeah. Like because one thing led to another led to another. And uh, here here we are. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Thank you, too. No worries. <laughs>